The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. The average person feels like, I can't do anything about what I'm seeing on the news. Next, David Barton of Wall Builders warns that America is on the brink of disaster and its future depends on you. We've become so nationally minded, we no longer see what we can individually do in our communities. But any nation that will apply the right principles will get the right results. You don't have to have Congress to fix this. You don't have to have the president fix this. There are things you can do. This precarious moment, next on Life Today. Today, I'm Betty, and this is James. And I asked her before she said, welcome, can you do that? And the reason, by the way, if you, you watch this very often, you know Betty was missing. And some of you are very unhappy when she's missing because you only, you only watch because she's here. <laughs> and you watch wishing that James would shut up and let Betty say something. And you watch to say, is she going to say something? And she says, I don't want to say something. You don't, you don't talk. <laughs> but uh, she's been coughing and has been very, uh, let's put it this way, under the weather. And thank you for praying for her, because she sure looks beautiful now, and I'm glad you're here, and I know you are too. Y'all you know, glad Betty's back, all of you here in the audience. I'm glad she's here. I'm really glad she's here. And I know you'll keep watching because one of our best friends is here, David Barton, wall builders. And I'm telling you, is it okay to say something about building a wall? Well, Nehemiah certainly thought so. God certainly thought so. Protection. I think it's pure foolishness not to want to protect people. Uh, this this man is a, a gift from God. It's David Barton. I think that he's a treasure from God who's helped us recognize the great treasures that God gave us through yielded indivisibles who were far from perfect, but they discovered God's will for the moment to bless all of us. And one of the things he understands very well is freedom has a foundation, and that foundation must not be allowed to be cast down aside or broken because we only build the future of freedom on a sound foundation. Would you welcome David Barton to life today? <laughs> David, you've been Thanks, here sir. a lot. Yes, sir. You're one of the few people that's been on the entire week. We think the world of you. Now, this book you wrote with one of our friends, uh, Jim Garlow, how did the two of you happen to get together to write this? Jim used to pastor in Texas, then went to pastor in California. And when he was here in Texas, he and I became friends at that point in time. I'd be out at his church. He was politically active here in the state as well. Mm -hmm. And so when we were trying to get God-fearing people in the office, local office as well as state office, he was, he was very, very um, involved in that and had a very clear sense of morality and right and wrong, a very biblical sense. It was always very good at communicating that to people as well. Yeah, and to say he's brilliant is almost an understatement. <laughs> to say well-educated and able to communicate almost an understatement. Now, you have written a book with Jim Garlow called This Precarious Moment. You want to tell me what you mean by the title, yeah, Precarious yeah, Moment? We're really kind of a dangerous spot nationally, and, and I say that from a historical standpoint. There's the history of America, four centuries, but there's a history of a lot of other nations as well. And God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of nations except Israel. He's chosen them specially. But any nation that will apply the right principles will get the right results. And so over the course of history, we can see that certain things always produce certain results. 
in America, we, I don't know, we sometimes kind of think of ourselves as really unique and really it won't apply to us. Well, it will. I mean, if you jump off the Empire State Building, I don't care what your personal beliefs are, you will hit the ground 86 floors later, regardless of who you are. The law of gravity kicks in. The law in. of gravity will kick in. And mm -hmm. so there are, there are just universal laws that God has. And America has come to a real tipping point on several of those. So there were six issues that we said, this is a precarious moment. We're, we're right on the verge of stepping off the cliff or going back from it. And, and so we looked at that, but the, the thing we said, and this is, I think, a real problem we have with the national media today, is if you, I don't care what you watch, whether it's Fox or MSNBC or CNN, whatever it is, what you're gonna get is a 24-7-365 steady dose of national news. And as a result, you feel frustrated because, you know, I, I, I can call people the White House, but that doesn't mean I can call the president and say, hey, fix this. Doesn't mean I can call the Speaker of the House or the, the leader of the Senate and say, fix this, or the Supreme Court. And so the average person feels like, I can't do anything about what I'm seeing on the news. And so we wrote this with six key areas we think were key to give individual action steps that people can take. You don't have to have Congress to fix this. You don't have to have the president fix this. There are things you can do. And I think that's one thing cable has really hurt us as we become so nationally minded, we no longer see what we can individually do in our communities. And so we said racial healing, that's one of the areas that has to be addressed. And that's not a federal solution we need, that's individual. Uh, what we can do with immigration, there are specific individual things we can do there. What we do with our relationship with Israel, yeah, the president's done a lot of great stuff, but individually there's things we can do. What we do with the rising generation, millennials, uh, you know, millennials right now are the most secular By the generation. Way, that's one of the longer sections you deal with, and I'm amazed at how it, it appears to me. It was like wisdom looked into the mm -hmm. situation and, and looked like a, a, a best friend says, let's talk. One that honors you, yeah. even your questions or your beliefs or a confusion you have or anger you have or frustration. It's amazing. It looks to me like you and Garlow had some help because even as that jumps out, this is a very important group that could actually in the most profound and positive yeah. way maybe actually lead us into the most positive things we ever imagined. They are the entirety of our future. 100% of our future is right there because they are the church leaders. They are the media leaders. They are the doctors. They are the political leaders. They are the everything. There's not anything that America is going to be 30 years from now that it won't be but them doing it. But that doesn't mean that they think right in every area or know right in every area. We'd even claim they do, but they certainly have some questions. They certainly have some frustrations. They certainly have some beliefs, and there needs to be some interaction and communication. Well, that's why we're at a precarious moment with particularly our young people, because the, the beliefs they currently hold right now on morality and on government and on economics, those three areas, the beliefs they currently hold no nation has ever survived the implementation of what they currently uh, believe. Exactly. And so, as they are the future. Yeah, and the that's not like somebody's cheap argument. This oh, no, is, no. This is this historically, historically irrefutable evidence. We have no, no nation in history has ever survived the beliefs that they currently hold right now. Right. And, and so, wouldn't that's you like to know what those are? <laughs> and wouldn't you like to have a conversation about it? I mean, let's get into the mix. That's what you're trying and, and to that's inspire. It. That's exactly it. And, and, you know, we took what we knew about that. And I spent a lot of effort and a lot of time, even a lot of resources, in doing polling and research. You do. Because I, I believe uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 31, um, that if you judge yourself, you would not be judged. So if you would look and say, you know what, if I'll clean this up, I'm not going to have to answer to God for it later if I wouldn't say this. And so I think when you look internal, if you have a mirror, not like James, where you look in a mirror and turn away and don't remember what you look like, mm -hmm. I think statistics really help us know where we are 
And I don't look at them as an objective. I look at them as an indication uh, of things to do. So, for example, when I look at millennials, only 4% of millennials have a biblical worldview. Now, every other well, generation is, is higher. Low that is low. Only 4% of the current generation has any kind of a thought process that aligns with where the Bible is. Yeah, and they don't even know that they might be absolutely captivated by it if they ever saw it, but it's never been presented never to them in their presented. entire journey. There, and this, this is, well, actually, the fifth area that we get into is part of our understanding of our own history. And then the sixth area is the role of the church. And the role of the church is the worst it's ever been in American history, statistically speaking. And that's part of the reason millennials Isn't it like are we where they are. just kind of checked out, David? Well, we just pulled back or that, just gone undercover? It's, it's worse than that. We have bought, and you know, we're told in First Thessalonians that you can believe a lie and be damned. In other words, if you believe bad Boy, information, you'll get the result of it mm -hmm. in Empire State Building. I can believe a lie that if I jump off, I will go up rather than down. I will die when I hit the ground. Mm -hmm. So if you believe the wrong stuff and you implement it, you're going to get wrong results. And what's happened is the church has redefined itself generally over the last 40 to 50 years. And what it, uh, let me see if I can put it this way. Let me, let's start the church, then we'll go to millennials. If you take right now in America, there are 384,000 churches and senior pastors in America. So 384,000. So if you take that church list, working with the national pollster, calling five to 600 churches every day for months, ask them six simple questions. Question one, is the Bible accurate in its teachings? Question two, did Jesus live a sinless life? Question three, does God get involved in the world today? If you pray, will he answer prayer? Question four, can you earn your way to heaven or is it a gift of grace? So six simple questions, really, really simple. 72% of pastors said they did not agree with those six simple questions. So you have 72% of pastors say, I don't agree with the basic teachings of the Bible. I don't, I don't think it's right. Well, we can look at the 72% or we can say, well, that does leave us 28% and that's, that's 100,000 churches in America, we can do something with that, 100,000 churches. So then we take those 100,000, we call them theologically conservative. They believe the Bible. We then get into that group and say, okay, you guys, do you, do you believe the Bible? And again, polling five to 600 every day. Do you believe the Bible addresses every issue of life? And yes. And, and so give them 14 categories. Does the Bible address education? Does it address sexuality and marriage? Does it address immigration? Does it address life, etc.? And between 91, depending on the 14 categories, between 91 and 97% of those pastors said, yes, the Bible does deal with economics and debt and whatever. Great. Next question. Have you talked about any of those issues or will you talk about any of those issues? 90% said, no, we will never talk about those no, it's issues. political. They're political mm -hmm. issues. No, no, no. You just said they're in the Bible. Yeah, but if they're in the news, that makes them political. Mm. So what we're doing is saying anything that's in the news that has relevancy, we're not going to talk about. That's terrible. Why would a millennial want to go to a church where you won't talk about anything that's relevant? Yeah. Because, the, I mean, they live in a very relevant world. So at this point, here's the, here's the mind-blowing stat. At this point, only 2.8% of churches address issues that are in the news that the Bible also addresses. So 2.8% of churches. Now, that's a real problem for a healthy America. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, let's go back to that 28%, those 100,000 pastors. We ask them, how do, you, how do you know if your church is successful? Top five answers. 
none of them came out of the Bible. And these are the theologically conservative. God Number one answer is how many people I have on Sunday. Number two answer, how big the offering is on Sunday. Number three answer is how many staff I have, how many programs I have, and how much square footage I have. I don't think Jesus used any of those. Not any of that. And as a matter of fact, he kept offending everybody, and he kept leaving. John 6, asked the disciples, you guys going to leave me too? Everybody else said, man, what you said is hard stuff. They can't follow you when you talk like that. Jesus never was into numbers. He was into the quality. So what's happened is we have gotten to a place now where that even as the church, our measurement for what is success is not a biblical measurement. So we look at that and say, okay, that's the generation raising the parents who are raising the kids. And I will say, those millennial kids did not get those beliefs by themselves. No. They got it from the generation that raised them, mm-hmm. which is their educators, their churches, their That's media, right. everything else. Mm-hmm. They didn't come up with goofy ideas. With so the question becomes, okay, how can you reach a millennial to get them back on the right view on so many things? And I don't mean just biblical view. I mean even statistically. I, you know, we, we know that right now. Well, let me ask you right here. Can we? Can We can. We can. See, I'm, I'm filled with hope. I'm, I see all of this mess. Hands down. I'm, I see it, but I'm telling you, look, we're sitting here with, uh, we have three children. One's in heaven. She left behind three children that are on fire for God, married to people on fire for God. They have one little yep. grandbaby she's looking at from heaven. Our children, our 11 grandchildren are in love with Jesus. They married eight who are married, spouses in love with Jesus. The other three will be marrying those who are in love Mm -hmm. with Jesus. You have a family that's in love with Jesus. You have grandchildren. We have a life that works. We, We found out that if God is the one who leads us and he's our source, he will lead us into a land flowing with milk and honey, opportunity, possibilities that are unlimited, can only be limited by our disbelief of what he says. He says that the opportunity freedom, which he offers, is for freedom Christ set us free. Freedom big to God. Yep. He led his people out of bondage into freedom. And then he said, so that it may be well with you in the land. So you can That's live this right. way. Where I'm leading you is so full of possibilities and blessings. Right. You need to stick close to my word and my truth or you are going to be back in bondage. Yep. So all these opportunities present you that many more things to let your heart go after. Don't let your heart go after that. See, this yeah. is preaching. That's right. It's common sense talk. Yep. You just can't go that way. And like you said, people today in education, in the media, in all of our academia, in the uh, entertainment mm-hmm. arts, they don't hear this anymore. Even in the church, we don't no, hear it anymore. No, we don't hear it in the we church. We don't hear it in the church anymore. But, it, but you the, and I are sitting here smiling like we think maybe something good's going to happen. And I think that's one reason you guys wrote this that's book. That's why we did that, so the individuals can make a difference. We show, see, here, here's what the church, the church in the 20th century got into massive crusades, got into, we got to have. We only did 600 of them. <laughs> see? Exactly. Yeah. But that's our 20th century mentality sure. was massive crusades. Man, if I don't get 10,000 people coming, it's not worth the effort to put into it. I'm going to do, and, and so we do that. We do that in media. We do that. And Jesus had the 10,000 come. But he spent all of his time with he the 12. Sent, he sent them out to do some. Here's the deal. Okay, I had 600 citywide crusades. They were attended by 20 million people. Rick Warren wrote a book called Purpose Driven Life. I like yep. purpose led living better than purpose driven yep. living. But he wrote a book, 30 million people. You know what I say to Rick Warren? You know what I say to me with all the crusades? If we really gotten those people to live the life he told us to live, and we really had kingdom purpose, Rick, 30 million people could have changed America That's if right. they lived with mm-hmm. kingdom purpose. That's right. If all those people I preached to would have lived with kingdom purpose, not just come to the king, yep. but let him be the king, and then live with kingdom impact, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. That's right. So what you and I are trying to do, 
and Garlow's trying to do it. A lot of people we know and yep. love. And you know, I told Jim Jordan, the Ohio uh, yes, Congressman, don't you, love me? don't you love Jim? I called him the other day. I said, uh, Jim, great. you know what I'm praying for? This is never join me in this prayer. I said, Jim, let me tell you what I'm praying for every day. I love you, man. I love you since we prayed together, met together years ago. I said, I'm praying we'll have 400 of you in the House of Representatives and 80 of you in the Senate. Does that sound like a good prayer? That sounds like a good a prayer. A real good prayer. But the only way it's going to happen is you got to understand people need a biblical worldview. That's right. They need to understand why it matters. You're not pushing anything on anybody. That's right. You're giving people the invitation of Almighty God, the Creator, to come enjoy all that He did and be my overseers right. and take care of it. And, and there's a simple plan that Excuse my there. zeal. No, but that, it needs to be. And see, I, I am really encouraged with the next generation because as goofed up as they are in their thinking, they're a wonderful generation. They're the most relational generation we've had in polling history, and that's about 100 years of history. And in the summers, we do leadership training where we take 18 to 25-year-olds, we, we take uh, for two weeks. And I watch them go in with the wrong thinking and come out with the most zealous worldview on the other side. I mean, we literally, 75% of college students right now support socialism over every other form That's of government. That's so sad. No, no one will live, but here's the deal. Jesus and all of his ministry, if you pay attention to the Gospels, he asked over 300 questions. Jesus very rarely answered questions. He asked questions. Mm. Questions make you think. So uh, socialism, you like social? Oh yeah, it's really good. Hey, you know, there's been thousands of nations in, over the course yeah. of 5,500 years. Can you name me one nation that's had socialism where it's increased freedom and preserved prosperity? Mm -hmm. And they limited can't. poverty. But nobody's Lord, ever never. asked them that. Nope, Everybody never. said, so what's happened? We, we see these kids come in that way and go out. Sure. It's got to happen. And so now we're seeing these kids change their professors God by help. asking questions. We teach them how to ask questions. Sure. And so this generation is the most reachable we've had, but you can only reach them in relationships. It's discipleship. You can't reach a crusade of millennials. You have to be willing to go get a Coke with them four or five or six times and listen to them and sure. ask them questions. Think and that's what we got to do. And so get, we we have a, a responsibility as the older generation. Absolutely. I mean, we're, it's not time to sit down and we do We let them get there. We're yeah. the ones who created the culture mm -hmm. that raised those kids. And we got to turn that around, and we can. Now, you're going to come back with another program, you and Dr. Robert Jeffers. Yes, he seems to be afraid to express himself. Dr. Yeah, he's got not much of an opinion. He's kind of squishy on his Like Jesus was squishy, uh huh? <laughs> yeah. Would you, do you like this guy, David Barton? Would you like to say just thank you, David? The book, This Precarious Moment, two of our really good friends, Jim Garlow. Dr. Garlow and Dr. Barton right here wrote this. And, and David, we're doing something I know you love. You love people that have been overlooked too often. You love the least of these. And Jesus showed us that if we'll notice them yeah. and touch them, it's like we are giving him a drink of water. Angels like unaware. Blessed him. Angels unaware. I'm telling you, it's yeah. incredible. And our viewers, I think we've got the most amazing viewers because when we show them a need, they don't run. Yeah. They want to meet it. That's why they like listening to us right now. And here's what I want to show you right now, all over the world. Here's a miracle where there's one needed and you become the miracle. Here's a hope you offer. Here's a prayer you answer. Watch. The far corners of the world frame a beautiful picture of God's creation and the unique people created in his own image. And as you visit different countries, you're sure to see many different cultures and customs. But even in the midst of this diversity, there is one commonality shared by all. 
the need for water. We need water to grow our food. We need water to care for our animals. And we ourselves need to drink water to survive. But unfortunately, many people around the world don't have access to clean water. The only water they have available is contaminated, and it's the children that suffer the most from waterborne diseases. La niña a mí se me murió de infección en los riñones y de diarrea. Y esa agua está contaminada, pero esa es la única agua que hay aquí. Just as the problem of contaminated water is the same around the world, so is the solution. You can help drill new water wells in many different countries and provide clean water to hundreds of thousands of people. Clean water changes everything. Clean water saves lives. You know, Betty, you've got a terrible kind of a um, bronchial virus as you've coughed and you see the, the need and not knowing whether you can even talk, you said, Honey, you tell them, but what, what do you want our viewers to see? And you see all the tremendous need, but you and I have not only seen the need, we've seen the joy that love That's brings. That's my favorite part, is to see the little ones go to the fountain of life, truly, and get fresh, clean water, and to see them, as the water's coming up, to see them dancing around. That's great joy, because without it, they're gonna die, and their mother's hearts have to be broken, because they have to give them water they don't have a choice of clean or dirty water. And they watch their children slowly die because they can't have fresh water. Please join with us and let's see the joy on the faces of those children again. You know, I want to I want to thank you for your sweetheart and the way you've loved me, which people probably say it's gotta be a challenge <laughs> from time to time for sure. But the way you've loved our family and everybody's family. And then when you went to the mission fields of the world, when we say we marched into hell for a heavenly cause, you don't know the half of it. As a matter of fact, we never even told you the half of it. Because we didn't want to put the missionaries in jeopardy or you think, well, it's probably too dangerous to even keep them there. But you went. And then when you see the need and you know what love does, I know what your heart says. I know how much you love our country. I know how much you love others, how much you love freedom. L listen to me. We can only share openly like we do because somebody showed us they care. It's like the missionaries said, James, we're here with a broken heart. We'll have empty hands and nothing happens unless people who watch programs like yours will decide to meet the need that we see. You've been that miracle. Now then for more than 25, nearly 30 years, You've been the miracle in mission outreaches. Right now, we need a miracle of support. We need every single one of you who can to help us complete 400 wells this year, 200 wells we need to complete right now. Father, I pray everyone who can help well, please. If you could give a well, you know, a lot of people say it's the greatest joy of our year. We ask God to let us do it. Some say, now we do it every year. Thank God for that. Could you drill a well, 4,800? Could you give half a well, 2,400, and say, Lord, 
raise up someone to join me. We got another well. 1,203 people join you. Whatever you can do, do it. But now remember this. Most of the support comes from people who give $48. 10 people, basically. Water the rest of their life. Where can you put $48 and do anymore? 144, 30 people. What a miracle. You become the miracle. By the way, don't think 10 is not important. That $48 is important. Whatever you can do, do it. Would you go get your bank card right now? Please. Dial that number that's a prayer line always for you if you need a prayer. And it's paid for by love. Would you go get your card, dial that number, or go online and just make the best gift you can. If you want to write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us you're putting it in the mail. We got to know it's coming. Okay? Please do it right now. We have some gifts to send you, but you're giving the gift of life. Thank you for doing it. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what else can she do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a way for parents to save the lives of their children, to offer them a bright future free from the fear of death. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 400 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the New Mercies Each Day Desk Calendar. This 17-month calendar will not only help you keep track of important dates, but also remind you of the Father's love and goodness with scripture quotes and encouragement from all the hosts on Life Today. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Fruit of the Spirit Bowl. This beautiful and decorative ceramic bowl features scripture revealing the fruit of the Spirit, a lovely addition to your table or home. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our Safe in the Shepherd's Arms bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, you know, you've seen the beautiful gifts that we're, we're sending you to say thank you. And I really think that... Uh, Fruit of the Spirit Bowl. I remember when my uh, son-in-law and some others who pray with us about what do we do to bless people. I said, good gracious, this great big fruit bowl. <laughs> it's the Fruit of the Spirit Bowl. He began to show me, listen, and Betty, poor, she wanted to see her eyes. She, she just loved it. I hope you love it. I hope every lady watching will help us drill water wells. I'm telling you, what we send you will bless you. And if you'd like to have, along with the beautiful uh, New Mercies uh, daily calendar, here is... David's book with Jim Garlow. And I'm telling you, it'll bless you. So if you'd like to have it, say, James, we're going to help with the water. Would you send us Jim and David's book? You better believe it. Okay? Would you like to say thanks to David Barton? Thank <laughs> you, love you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. We're going to be back with uh, Dr. Jeffers. We're going to talk to some more. Okay, is there any hope for America? That's Absolutely. Question. All right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being here. God bless you.
when that kind of storm hits your life, it changes everything. Finding Christ in the Storms, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.